something. Hey, Ruthann, before we get started, I want to do a shout out to all you truck drivers out there that still have not come back to work. We're seeing some coming back to work after about 18, 19 months, but the world and the trucking industry and all of the United States still needs you to get back out there and jump in that truck. We need you guys. Come back to work. <laughs> come, <laughs> come back. Come back. So today on Talk CDL, Ruthann, the latest problems, uh, the shortages of trucks and parts and amongst other things that we can't find, uh, no rentals to be found, uh, trucks on back orders, Winter driving is coming, and uh, make sure you winterize your truck. Also, a couple little stories. We've got a truck driver was crushed uh, to death uh, between his truck and trailer up in Chicago. We're going to talk about that for a second. And the five deadliest winter driving states. We want to talk about that today here on Talk CDL, and uh, we want to get started. Let's go. Hey, let's give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. National Carriers, phone number is 888-311-7076. National Carriers has all new T680s. They're looking for lease drivers, and they're looking for company drivers. Call them today at 888-311-7076. Call them from anywhere. Also, J.J. Keller, Ruthann, your favorite? That's I do. I like them a lot. They are your trucker secretary. Yep. If you are needing someone to organize you or you're just getting started as an owner-operator, call J.J. Keller at 888-601-7076. 2017. They could really help any new company or company that's been around that needs help with managing stuff. Call JJ Keller, 888-601-2017. Ruth Ann. Troy. So we've got a lot to talk about today. You yeah. always do. Well, you know, it's it's interesting uh, some of the things that are going on in the industry right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the major, major white elephants in the room is right now we are having a shortage of tractor trailers. And most of that's due to shortage of parts. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I wanted to bring it up is because, ironically, this week you and I are biting our fingernails because we got a, a brand new Honda Passport. You have about what three thousand miles on it? I had just over three thousand. And you get a you get a message that says, "Beep beep, Will Rogers, stop, Will Rogers." <laughs> well, it almost said that. Remember, it said, um, "Pull over immediately, get to a safe haven. Do not uh, what does it say? Avoid." Sudden, sudden starts and su- stops. Yeah, sudden starts and accelerations. Yeah, not stops. So we call the dealer and he says, whoa, you better, you know, pull it over. Don't don't drive it. So long story short, we had it towed to the dealer. And because it's a CMT or a CV, CVT. CVT transmission, mm-hmm. they can't open them up and work on them. They have to replace the entire thing. And they're telling us about a week, wink, wink. We've mm-hmm. heard that story in the trucking mm-hmm. industry, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody's got trucks coming, parts coming, and nobody's getting crap. Everything is late, 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 and it's causing such a backup. I want to tell you how bad it is. It's making used trucks go through the roof in price. It's 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 making so much problems that the everybody. I mean, I it's the it's the people that don't want to go show up for work to make the chips and make the products that are needed, and it's the people that are not coming to work to deliver the chips and the, and the product that's needed. And it, it's creating such a problem right now that people don't think that it's a big deal. But when there's things not being on the shelves, I mean, we're coming into the holiday season. So you're going to have less products on the shelf. You're going to make less money to spend on Christmas. I mean, there's so much that's going on right now and, and no one's paying attention. I wonder if the elves are, are at home trying to avoid the COVID, too. Maybe the elves ain't making toys this year. So, like, a lot of kids are probably. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? I'm being serious, though, for a second. You know, that's why we started off saying, attention, truckers, we need you to get back to work. But, you know, it's just as important, not just truckers, everybody, people that are working in 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 places where they build things. Look at a lot of trucks, I'm being told, the knock sensor mm-hmm. on the tractor. Uh, on the tractor, if you lose your knock sensor, which has a lot to do with your def system, if that goes out right now, it's six months to get a knock sensor. Now, if you own, you know, 50 trucks and you've got 10 parked, you can rob a knock sensor off one of your trucks. But if you're a single owner operator and you lose a knock sensor, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's scary, you know, for a guy... That's wanting to become an owner-operator. He becomes an owner-operator, and now a part goes down, and now he's stuck paying on a dang truck. And obviously, he's going to end up bouncing the truck because, you know, as a single guy, there's no way you can take on a lease purchase 
and drive for four weeks and then get a breakdown and be told it's going to be three months till you can get your truck going again or six months. He's pretty much got to go back to be a company yeah, guy. Whatever the case is, the everybody not working is affecting the other person in one form or another. And it's not fair to the ones that are really trying to work out there. And it's not fair to the ones that have nothing to do with it. I mean, you're affecting your kids and you don't even think that you are. It's 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 really and it's not just the drivers. It's right. everybody. That's what I was going to say. It's it's interesting how you put that. And it's a good way of uh, it's a good analogy. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the, the, the parts guy needs the tires guy. The tires guy needs the fender guy. The fender guy, he needs the guy that 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 produces plastic bottles for water. Mm-hmm. The, that guy needs the guy that produces gloves. I mean, everybody is connected. And when when one supply is down in whatever industry, like you said, it's not just truckers, but you know, of of course, that's what we deal with. So that's why we're always talking about the truckers. But we're all connected, and it's all affecting each other. We need people to get back to work. And I mean, I mean, you're seeing restaurants. How many restaurants have we run into when we go to walk in and said, you know, be patient due to short staff? Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody brought this up the other day. They said, hey, you know, people are getting really short and rude with with waiters and waitresses. Think about this. At least they showed the hell up for work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, they, they might have, you know, extra tables to wait on. But go into a restaurant when you sit down and just go into it with the mindset of, hey, this guy's probably overworked and un- underpaid while somebody else is sitting at home collecting. Mm-hmm. This guy's at least out there serving me. So give the guy or the gal a little extra time. When, when you go to a truck stop, they might be short-staffed there behind the desk, whatever. Most places are short-staffed. Mostly yeah. everyone in the industry is short-staffed. You and I were talking the other day about the fact that there's a toilet paper or a paper shortage again. And um, we're discussing how even though it is, you know, this paper shortage, it's not just the one part of it. It's not just the manufacturer. It could be the the lumberjack, the, the logger that's that's transporting it. It could be the manufacturer that's making the product. It, it's not just one person. It's a really there's usually people in every aspect of that creation of that product. That's, that's their short in. Yeah. So guys and gals, be patient with each other, encourage those people at home, husbands and wives at home, encourage each other to get back on the, on the road. All you other people out there that have husbands or wives that have been sitting around. I'm telling you, I mean, I've been talking to a lot of trucking companies and, and they're seeing applications now that some of them have lost their unemployment benefits. And these guys are saying, well, I've been working since March of 20. It's like, wow, unbelievable. You know, hey, you know, no judgment here. Just get off your ass and let's get going. You know, just let's just be part of the problem. Let's move forward and just get back to working. And and pay attention to what your experience is. Um, I was talking to Troy and the driver that, especially if you just got your license and only had your one year or a little less than a year of OTR and then you decide to go local, or you had tons of OTR, but just went local and was local prior, like maybe a year prior to the pandemic that hit, and then you decided to take off, you right now have no OTR experience considering from what most of the insurance companies are requiring, which is in the last three years. So you might be starting over fresh and you're not going to be happy with that. Yeah, that is true. If you have limited experience, you might want to get a phone call in and get started this week yet before you... You don't want to end up having all that go to nothing because you didn't realize the time frame of it. Right. Who wants to have to take a refresher course and start all over? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the other thing that I'm seeing is, and I've been talking to some trucking companies that that do lease purchase, and a lot of them are saying they, they can't even get Penske or rider trucks right now. I mean, these guys are literally, they have truck drivers that are ready to go. And because they had trucks coming from, say, Kenworth or Freightliner that are literally just sitting somewhere without a chip in them that are six months already past due. And so they resorted to using Penske and Ryder. Well, that's that well is about dried up because a lot of these, excuse me, that was a belge, uh, uh, the, the Penske and Ryder, Companies, everybody's trying to go to Penske and Ryder. And and believe it or not, I was talking to one guy. He's paying because he isn't like a normal customer. He's paying $1,100 a week plus 18 cents. That's wow. all. That 18 cents is the maintenance. That's actually a pretty high. If you really look at that, just that alone, that's not including every, anything else. You know, 18 cents a mile. So for every, for put it this way, it's almost 600 bucks a week for 3,000 miles. 
Fifty some hundred dollars plus the pay, the plus pay that the, he's given for, the, plus the eleven hundred dollars. So and the pay yeah. to the driver that's driving that truck. You know, so you add the fuel in and everything. It's it's, it's uh, but but you know what? They're still not even be able to get trucks at the Penske and the Ryder right now. So it's it's across the board across the country. People are, you know, hurting because it goes back to one thing. Like you said, we're all tied together. The chip manufacturer. Somebody said there was a fire in China at the chip factory. Who knows? I don't. All I know is that nothing's getting done right now. Manufacturing is down because of this. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, I'm hoping that I'm hoping we're at the peak of the bad times and that it doesn't get any worse. I'm trying to be optimistic about this, which I'm not usually optimistic. No, you're I'm not. Tr- I'm trying to be. So, um, you guys, we really do need you guys to get back in the truck and get working. Okay, so let's move on to uh, the next. You know, here's uh, the next subject, Ruthann, if we can move on to this. Winter driving is coming. Mm -hmm. It is. Winter driving is coming in. And look, for all you drivers that are in the South, that literally are new drivers or guys that hate going North in the winter, you might consider now grabbing that Southeast or that Southwest regional position while it's still available. I tell drivers every year, Ruthann, that uh, by the end of October, the good, the good Southeast and Southwest regional jobs are gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can find a job probably in December that Southeast probably pays half of what you would normally even consider taking as a driver. So if you're looking to stay below the snow belt it, this winter, you might want to consider grabbing that southeast regional position now i mean i'll tell you like if you're a new driver i don't blame a new driver ruthann that hasn't driven in winter yet and Mm -hmm. he was see there's a big difference between a guy that gets a cdl in the winter time and he's and he's trained in the snow you see what i'm saying he's with a trainer yeah trainer takes him in all kind of terrain they take him on steep inclines and they take him in snow because they're now just getting their cdl that's a good thing because they're being trained correctly but the guy that i feel bad for is the guy that gets a cdl in late spring or early summer right where he's trained in dry weather it's all fine and maybe then, some rain that's about it exactly and then say six months later guess what he's now staring at mountainous, snowy driving. And he's scared. And it's ironic. We have the five deadliest winter driving states coming up, which, by the way, are going to surprise you. It's not the states you think it is. Oh, no. We got a, we got a packed it's, it's, podcast. It, we got a packed podcast. And it ain't the states that you try to avoid, believe it or not. We'll, but we'll get to that. But anyways, going back to this driver, the new guy that gets his CDL in the summer, I don't blame you if you got your CDL three to six months ago and you have not driven in winter and you don't have anybody really to guide you in snow. No, you're nervous. I mean, anybody, any, right. let's put it this way. If you're going to sit there and say, Oh no, I'm not nervous. You're lying to yourself because you're going to be nervous because especially if you're going to go up on some of those mountains and you've heard the stories of the different things that happen. And let me just say this. The one thing that we encourage the most is your CB, especially in the wintertime, because there's so many things that happen up ahead and you don't know it. But when it comes to any snow, any ice, any any accidents, this is when it's really important to have them. Oh, but Ruthann, I'm one of those new drivers. That's right. <laughs> I, I got me an app on my phone. It tells me everything. No, it I doesn't. Got, I got me a Google app. That's no, right. No, no, no. <laughs> Google is not the best. Hey, let me get this And laugh. neither is Apple. None of them are, are that good. Let, let me get a laugh in. Hook, hook, hook. No, that's right. You're right. There is no app that can warn you five seconds up the road or 30s. No. What you need is a CB. I know a lot of guys, they say, hey... I don't like the garbage that's on them CBs. Well, guess what? That it, uh, Getting rid of the garbage. Okay, I can't even talk right now. <laughs> like what? I'm, I'm so excited about this. I'm so, I get so <laughs> pumped on the CB subject. It makes me sick when somebody is, talks against it. One guy said it's a dinosaur. You know what? That, that, that driver that thinks the CB is a dinosaur, turn your CDL in, clip it up, and go home and freaking knit um, blankets for a living because that's really what you should be doing when you start thinking with that mentality that a CB is a dinosaur. There's nothing, yeah. there's no tool, Ruthann, there is absolutely zero tool out there that can say to you, hey, eastbound, there's a backup around the corner, slow down. Hey, eastbound, there's a deadly accident, there's black ice mm-hmm. just up on top of the hill back out of it there's not an app out there that can do that for you but a hundred dollar cb can save your ass i'm gonna tell you something if you turn the squelch back turn the volume up 
to where you can only hear out maybe half a mile or a mile. You don't have to hear the garbage. You can get a bear report. You can listen to your music. And guess what? All of a sudden, you'll hear that CB come on over your music. You turn your music down, and you get the report, and you slow down, and your life gets saved. Praise the Lord for all that. And we've had drivers that, that have sent us messages. Say, In fact, we've had one that said, thank you so much. I finally went and did it, and it has saved me time and, and, and effort because there was an accident, and I had to go around. Um, areas. So, I mean, you have that because if an accident just happened in front of you three miles up ahead and there's nothing that's going to tell you there's an accident three miles up ahead of you, but it just happened and you've got drivers that are just now going past that that can say, hey, listen, an accident just happened. You need to, to do something. Yeah, guys, honestly, they, they haven't invented anything right now that takes the place of the CB. Nope. And I know there's guys that will say, I've been driving four to five years, never had a CB, and never had an accident. Well, you know what? You were blessed or lucky. That's really, this is the truth. I couldn't tell you how many times, me as a driver myself, how many times that CB really saved me when I was especially driving at midnight with, with hardly anybody on the road and somebody said, hey, there's somebody broke down in the hammer lane and I was on 80 coming around a curve and there there's somebody in the hammer lane and I had to get over. I mean, I'm just saying there's countless times where I'll tell you where the CB really helps, truthfully. No, I can think of too many things. So, I mean, it's not listen, just a one item. Listen to this. Eastbound, there is a backup 10 miles long. In, in Columbus, here's a side road to take. If you get off on this road, you can go around. I couldn't tell you how many guys probably sat for hours calling their dispatcher saying, hey, I'm in a backup, man. We're stopped right here, blah, blah, blah. But if you had a CB, you wouldn't be. Just even, um, where do we always see a backup? They're at 75 when we're going from to Orlando, there's always, always a backup right there going from when the turnpike hits 75, right? Yeah, absolutely. And We're a driver, you can get right. off the exit before that, before all that backup. You could always get off and go through, is it Leesburg or whatever it is, and jump on it and go around. But drivers never know. You see so many tractors just sitting there. Okay, so guys, we're not going to beat a dead horse. <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> Oh, but anyways, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll grab your horn, baby. All right. All right. Now, listen, listen, creep. listen. I am a creep. All right. So check this out. So, so that's the number one winter. Okay. Uh, 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 product you need in your truck. Yes. Okay. Provision. Yes. All right. Number two, all you wives or husbands that sit at home while your husband or wife is out driving, make sure they have extra blanket. Mm-hmm. Make sure they have. Honestly, let me tell you something. You know, what I would do is I would go where you like into the hunting stores like Cabela's and that and Bass Pro and get those um, those uh, little package. They're like five for a buck or something like that. You get oh, those the, heating ones. Yeah, you break them open and you stuff them in your socks and it'll keep you warm literally for like 10 hours. I could go out hunting and I'll take one. I'll stick one in each boot. I'll stick one down the front of my pants. I'm serious. I'll stick, I'll, and you get the one. See, creep. Yeah. I'll stick one. I'll stick one in like under my shirt. You know, what I mean, like between my in my chest area, and one on the back of my neck. And I'm going to tell you something. I could stand out in zero degree weather, and I'm sweating. Well, the reason I say that is, what if your husband or wife breaks down in Montana? Okay, and and you don't have heat, and you're waiting for a record to come. Blah blah blah. You're in the middle of a storm. I tell you what. 10 hours of keeping your body warm is going to is going to be a godsend. I promise you that. So get those little heating packs. Get get make sure they have winter boots in their truck. Make sure they have gloves. I've talked to a, a company that I knew in North Dakota one time. He's there. Troy, you ain't going to believe this guy showed up for orientation in January in a pair of shorts. He was coming from Florida. He's there when he when he arrived, he had shorts on and a sweatshirt. It's like 10 below, and the guy looks like he's ready to fall over. And I'm like, why didn't you bring your coat? Well, I don't have one. Well, duh. If you're going to be flying up north, guys, to an orientation this winter, make sure you pack warm clothes. Or if you're driving, if you're already a driver, you already know you're going to go into some bad winter driving. It doesn't matter. Put warm clothes, extra blanket in your car, your truck rather. Put a candle in there, a candle will keep the cab warm. Put the right things in your truck. Be what we call winterized, okay? That's my advice. Well, there is a couple of things um, I'm going to mention real quick. An ice scraper. 
people like us that live down south, I mean, we know ice scrapers because we've been up north. But people that have never had to deal with ice on a windshield, get an ice scraper when you get to the truck stops that are above the area where it does get that way. Definitely. So you get an ice scraper. Jumper caper. What? Ether, starting ether. fluid, yeah. I'm saying jumper cables, and he's saying ether, so it came out really weird. I'm just me. saying there's all kind of yeah, things. There's there's things that you can do that way. Also, I mean, yes, most vehicles have fobs that they can turn things on and off, but every now and then when you have to put a key into a lock and it's iced, it's very difficult. So there's things that you can use. Get yourself knowledgeable on those items that you can get and prepare for when your lock is iced over so that you can get into either your side box or your tarp area or whatever you have locked up outside of your, your tractor. I want a bag of kitty litter. Meow. Meow. But no, but seriously, it's true. Kitty litter. You use that for like sand or salt. Yeah, It'll it get helps you, to get you out. You might be stuck. You could just throw a little on the tire and get you just out of the situation you're in. You remember that time, Ruth Ann, when, when I came home in a bobtail and I parked on the flat uh, parking lot across oh my the street? Gosh, that was such a horrible morning oh my but oh, the memory really bottom line is i park in a level parking space right out front of our house in a bar it's like a bar parking lot and um the tractor because of sitting on ice uh, the tires were still warm sunk down in the ice and when i went to i went to pull out it wouldn't even budge it just kept spinning i put my interlocks on nothing would move the tractor go forward go backwards no word i try rocking it nothing but we never really thought of all of that happening until the next morning. Like we never thought of the fact, oh, his tires are going to be warm when he parks on this ice yeah, and it's going to groove in. We never thought of that because we we're too happy he's home because it was storming. And we're parked on the level. Yeah, we never, ever, ever thought of that. So so anyways, long story short, um, I was mad, very mad for hours trying to, and I was, block using, got woke up. I was using ashes from a, a, a burner trying to get uh, the... Uh, truck to get out of there had to call a wrecker like a couple hundred dollars he put his little winch on literally in five seconds to 30 seconds he, two feet forward he pulls me forward and i'm out that's it just literally that quick but it cost me because of not realizing and i never would have thought to this day even that you can get stuck on a level ground but be careful where you mm-hmm. park on ice all right I, I say that from experience right so there's my advice winterize your truck Get ready. And and please, by all means, get a CB. Just yes. get a CB and go to the local CB shop and have them uh, tune and peek it. All it does is puts more watts out for you. It'll let you walk and talk. And I'm telling you, you'll be grateful. I promise you, you will be very grateful. Ruthann, time to move on to one little sad story. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. This is a weird story. I know. Truck driver. Uh, his name was William Wells. 46-year-old William Wells was found dead, crushed between his truck and his trailer in Chicago this past week. Horrible. Horrible deal. Now, you know, uh, you could think of a couple situations where it happened. Maybe he didn't put his. Maybe he didn't pull his brakes and the truck drifted while he was between it. I don't know what happened, but it's a sad story. You know, obviously sad for everybody, including the family, that had to get that call. But it reminded me, Ruth, of a story. When I was at U.S. Foods or Bevico in Pittston, Pennsylvania, years ago, do you remember me telling you about mm-hmm. um, this uh, one trucking company? They're in the top four, okay, mm-hmm. red trucks. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> um, they were at U.S. Foods. The driver pulled out of the dock. His partner, which was his wife, she went back to close the doors. And, you know, as a tractor trailer, you have to keep your foot pressed down pretty good on the brake. Somehow he let up a little. The truck slowly drifted back and crushed her while she was closing the doors between the trailer and the dock. Guys and gals, I couldn't, I couldn't stress more how much caution you need to take around every move you're making in a tractor trailer. It's just dangerous. It, it's completely dangerous. It's stuff that you don't know of that is something that's really important. Freak accidents happen. And that is freak accidents. You know, right. it, it, and that's the thing is there is freak accidents out there. You can see them every, every day on the news. You'll find where it was a freak accident or, you know, terrible things that have happened. And it's something that you never really would have thought of. So being a professional truck driver, you need to think of every single scenario and always keep your awareness there because not only are you the person that's going to get affected, but also the people around you. Okay. 
Let's move on. Are we ready? I'm ready. We're ready to move on to the main topic, the five deadliest winter driving states in the United States of America. Okay, no, for real. This is truth stuff. Truth stuff. Stuff. So it's true stuff. Um, What I want to do is I want to just start at like number 51. Some of them are ties. So then obviously they won't have the next number down. He's not going to go down properly because it will... Be a tied number. Now, listen, I'm going to just start off by saying this. When drivers, when I've talked to truck drivers over the years in the wintertime, most of them will say, I don't want to go up there to that northwest. I don't want to be driving in them mountains, man. I don't want to do Montana and North Dakota, Washington. They don't want to go up like over cabbage. And, uh, and you know, rightfully so, I don't blame them. It would be something you would think. You, you would think that they would be the top five deadliest. Guess what? Not- nope. She's so cute. All right. But no, it's seriously, the, literally not one of them is in the top five deadliest. Seriously, it's the truth. So let's get to it. And uh, obviously, some states are pretty obvious that are not in the top five. And that number 51 is Hawaii. Duh. Hawaii's <laughs> they don't have snow and ice like that. They have volcano snow. Oh, I mean, Hawaii is about as big as the local <laughs> cornfield. I mean, it's not really that big. So, no, I mean, it's not small. Hawaii's very small. You can go from one side, it's like Puerto Rico. You can go from one side to the other in a couple hours but or still, less. Still, it's not small. I'm just pointing out that, you know. Yeah. Okay. It's so, Hawaii, Hawaii, they don't even have data on Hawaii. And, and what this is, guys and gals, is depending on. Uh, the death toll according to freezing and below. So in the months that it's freezing and below, and it might be like, say, freezing in Michigan, okay, but obviously there's only so many deaths in Florida. Well, obviously there's no ice in Florida, but they're just saying here during the freezing times is where people are getting into more action. So number 51 would be Hawaii. Number 49 would be obviously Florida. Okay, um, and the ranking here. I want to scroll up here. I want to look at see, make sure I know where the rankings are at. Okay, so state district. Okay, number that's the rank. Okay, that I'm reading. Number forty nine would be Florida, and then it'll say average annual fatalities, and then rank of annual fatalities. So let me go back down here. Number forty nine is tied with. Florida and the District of Columbia, which is another little tiny patch. I, I don't even know how they, that's not a state. I, I don't get that either. Why do they, ha- they have D.C. in there? It's just kind of stupid. That's just, that's just. I can't, you know, there's not much room there to no, have a whole lot. You know of. how like a chihuahua thinks it's a big dog and it barks and tries to act like a real big dog? Is that D.C.? D.C.'s the chihuahua. D.C.'s the chihuahua? Yeah. Okay. It thinks it's a well, big dog. Well, there's a lot of loudmouth barkers in D.C. That's why I'm no putting doubt. that out. Okay. So Delaware, number 48, number 47, Rhode Island, and number 46, Mississippi. These are the least dangerous winter driving states, Okay. Number 44 is tied with Nevada and Louisiana. 42 is tied with Arizona and Alabama. These are all pretty obvious states. Georgia would be number 40 tied with South Carolina. Number 39 would be California. 38 would be Vermont. 36 would be... No, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Point out, number 38 is a New England state that gets snow. Yeah, but the problem with Vermont, I think they have like a... a 53-foot trailer restriction there. So it's not as much going in and out of Vermont, I guess, as... I mean, it... I'm just pointing out that that there is snow and ice up there, and... Yeah, It's ranked number 38. There's a reason, and I have that analogy in my yeah, mind. Yeah, they, they only average, like, 2.1 deaths or something like that. It's because they're prepared for bad weather. Yeah, so you're trying they to... know that. All right, you're complimenting Vermont. That's cool. All right, move on. All right, tied with 36 would be Connecticut and Arkansas, another New England state. Exactly. Okay. Number 35 is Alaska. See? You can't Can't get any more snow. Exactly. 33 is tied with New Mexico and Idaho. See? Midwest. That's the Midwest. I ain't going that way. Number 32 is New Hampshire. You know what? Those cocky New Englanders, they're actually not that bad at driving. It's because they know what to do when it's bad weather. That's actually kind of funny. 
That's the. Place. I went to. Okay, listen, thirty-one's Maryland, twenty-eight's Massachusetts. Another Ning. You know, I heard a guy say the other day. He he said that guy's such a mass hole because <laughs> he was from Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm like a mass hole. I can't even believe that guy just made that name up. I'm like, how do you say that? That mm-hmm. I, cra- I almost fell off my desk laughing. My my. That head was off. pretty funny. Such a mass hole. But anyways, so number twenty-eight's Massachusetts. They're not doing too bad at driving in the winter. He said, "Yeah, us mass holes." But Utah is tied with Mass. And South Dakota is also tied with them for 28. And see that South Dakota is one of those Midwest states that have mountains. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, you're right. I mean, and look at Oregon is 24. Another yeah. snowy state. Yeah. Um, West Virginia is tied with Oregon. Number 22 is Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the place for you. No. I just like what, to what, say that. Wait a second. What was that song? Green Acres. Oh, that's Green Acres. Green <laughs> Acres is all the young drivers are going. What the hell's Green Acres? <laughs> Farm living is life for me. But see, Oklahoma has a lot of different types of of weather. I mean, keep like, Manhattan. Just give me that country life, man. I'm, I'm, I'm moving meow, forward, meow, and he's stuck meow, on meow, Green meow, Acres. <laughs> okay. All right. So number twenty or number twenty-two is Maine. Twenty is tied with Tennessee and Montana, another northern state. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, they're doing good. All right, North Carolina and Washington and Kansas and Wyoming, all four are tied for number sixteen. See, all not everyone. Well, but, they're you know, getting down some, there. Sixteen's getting up into the more dangerous states. Yeah, but still, it's not in your top five. Nebraska's fifteen. You know what? Let's just put a hand out there. Yay! Yay to Nebraska. To the guys over in the Midwest that know how to take care of their roads to reduce the death tolls. You know, Nebraska's that state that everybody fears being blown over. Seriously. It's the blowover state. There's nothing there except for like... Nothing. I mean, and except big giant wind gusts. Virginia's 14. New Jersey's 13. Kentucky is 12. Iowa is 11. 10 is Texas. And Texas has a multi-range of weather itself. I mean, it's so big that it has, like, sandstorms in the south and snowstorms up in a panhandle. So, I mean, it really gets a lot of... But let's hand it to them. They at least know how to take care of their roads, reduce the death tolls. Nine is Colorado. Tied for seven, Indiana and Minnesota. See, with Colorado, they allow marijuana... <laughs> so, yeah. So even though they allow marijuana, they're still only number nine. The, po- the pothead state is <laughs> nine. It's number nine. The doobie state. Yeah. They still take care of their roads enough. We don't die because we're high. <laughs> Not saying that. Not just there. All right. All right. So, anyways, what, where, where the hell was I? Okay. Eight. Okay. Number seven, and, and I think I just said seven is tied. Indiana, Minnesota. Okay. Six is Wisconsin. Now we got the five. Wisconsin, you got lucky. You got lucky. You almost made the top five, but you are number six. You cheesehead. Yeah, they are cheeseheads. <laughs> I like cheese too. <laughs> Give okay. me cheese and I'll eat it. All right, here we go. We got we got number five. Well, actually, I'm going to read a little bit about it. Number five, topping number five in the top five deadliest winter states to drive in is Illinois. Okay, I, I kind of see that. They have 130. Now, listen, this was a a um, a study done between, because they do them like every five years or whatever, these studies. So this was done between 13 and 17. Not that the numbers are going to be drastically changing, because it is what it is. Um, it says with an average of 27 winter driving fatalities per year, um, Illinois ranked as the fifth deadliest state for winter driving in the U.S., Chicago was the single biggest contributor to the number one, or th- to the number of fatalities. Furthermore, all of the cities that logged more than one winter driving accident in Illinois were located in the greater Chicago area, meaning, you know, the surrounding little cities. Um, it says, in Cook County alone, which makes up a large part of the Chicago area, there were 30 fatalities during the time period we surveyed which is more than there were in 18 states, including New Mexico, Arkansas, and California. Okay, check it out. 
Ohio, in this period, they had 172 winter driving fatalities. So, so far, you know, Illinois is off of the Great Lake, right? And think about this, and too. Ohio is off of a Great Lake. Now, remember when we started out saying, you're going to be surprised mm-hmm. that the top five are not the Northwest, where you thought the big mountains are killing everybody, blah, blah, blah. No, all the drivers you know how many mount- what, what ones we named. Do you know how many mountains are in Illinois? Like, None. Do they have a do they have a mountain in Illinois? No, but they do have the Great Lake the the lake effects. I I get so that. So that's but what I'm and but they have you just said Chicago, which is dubbed the windy city, so I would say it has like a wind chills. No, but what I'm getting at though is everybody panics in the winter because of the mountains. They exactly. Say, they say, I don't want to drive the mountains, man, the mountain states. In the winter, no. I don't want to drive the mountain states. I'm putting chains on. Not the mountain states. No, it's it's true. Mountain states, shit, there's no mountains in Illinois. A bump, maybe. A hill at best. I've driven all over Illinois. It's flat. You just gotta learn how to drive. Now, Illinois does come with ice. I think personally. I've always said this. How many times did I tell you I-70 probably has more ice than any interstate I've ever seen? Because you have the lake effect coming down. You have the snow. It's like a mix, and it really gets icy in the middle of those states. How about number four? You ready? Tell me it. Ohio. It's one state over from Illinois. You already told me it. 172 winter driving fatalities. It says Ohio has been one of the most dangerous states for driving in winter weather in recent years, registering the second most deaths of any state. In the past five years, there were 172 winter driving fatalities in Ohio, 37 more than there were in Illinois. Guess which interstate was the most deadly in Ohio? I-71, the road that connects Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. It's a very busy road. Yeah, so I was going to say it's got a lot of traffic on it. Add that with the bad weather, and it's going to happen. Remember my accident in Ohio? So stupid. Yeah, but that wasn't even in wet weather. No, it that wasn't. That was just dumbass <laughs> Troy driving like 500 miles an hour tailgating in his car. Yeah. Trying to get back and forth to Indiana when I was working in dispatch. What a stupid stupid job and a stupid life but I, mean, I shouldn't say stupid life but it, it was me being stupid as a young guy and i paid for it i went away on a rollback anyways number three number three number three do, 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 do. new york mm. yeah now new york has some hills. Yeah, i guess i well it, it has hills it's got a lot of people in certain small areas it also has the lake going across oh, yeah, no, most no. of the one area. You know, like, it's got oh, listen, a I, lot of different stuff. Yeah, I've driven New York in the winter, and believe me, it's it's a lot of snow and slick weather up there. So tell us what it says. 183 winter driving deaths, uh, dr- driving fatalities. It says with 183 winter weather-related driving fatalities, it says New York is the third worst state in the United States for winter driving fatalities. However... It's not all bad news for New Yorkers, as the numbers of winter driving deaths per year has rapidly declined, dropping from 53 to 24 during the time frame that we surveyed. That's like half. Yeah, it it, it went down. Yeah. So people either got smarter or it's that they started using public transportation. Now, you're talking New York. They didn't get smarter there. They start using more public transportation. Dude, they're they're New Yorkers. They charge so much for parking. They just, people just say, I'm not driving anymore. Yeah, (laughs) they didn't get smarter in New York. They they think they got smarter. So where's most of the accidents? Uh, It says the New York City borough of Queens had the most winter driving fatalities of any municipality in the state with seven total deaths from the time period. It says... That's the same number of fatalities as in the four boroughs combined during this period. Number two. Guess which one? I'm trying to remember all the ones that you've already done, so I'm like thinking. Uh, our alma mater. Our, our home state. Pennsylvania is the place to be. You know what's funny? <laughs> what's funny about Pennsylvania? Like we I could name a lot of things that are funny about it, but that's why I'm in Florida. <laughs> but, now, but now if I'm being honest... I grew up there thinking I was badass because I could drive in the winter. Mm-hmm. Like, we used to drive, we used to go out in the winter just driving on back roads when... Like, just to do donuts. Well, when there was like a major storm, we would go out, my buddies and I, we'd be like power sliding everywhere. Yeah. Maybe we'd hit a bank every now do and then. Do you think you're like, what, what's, 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 what's the term that they use for when, like, the Asians, when it's the, the car goes... Whoosh, 
Drifting. Oh, drifting? Drifting, that's it. Well, yeah, we were like the first drifters before it ever was invented. <laughs> but no, seriously, I never realized. But you know what? Pennsylvania has become one of the states every year that as soon as a snowflake comes down, they shut the interstates down for truckers. Unless you're, I guess unless you're loaded or delivering, there's like all kind of rules they use. Yeah, or a certain weight or... Right, exactly. So Pennsylvania, 197 winter driving fatalities in that time period. So how did that get them? And, and listen, guys, just so you know, I want to point out one thing. Just because there's only 197 deaths, there's quite a bit of accidents everywhere yeah. in the wintertime in these states. You right, know, there's probably right. thousands of accidents, just not everybody dies. Correct. Um, it says with an average of nearly 40 winter driving deaths per year, Pennsylvania is the second deadliest state for winter driving. Pittsburgh had six fatalities resulting from uh, from winter weather-related accidents. Philadelphia, the largest city by population, had four. The deadliest road for winter driving occurred on Interstate 80. And I'm going to tell you something. 80 when sucks. I drove for Conway for a short period of my life, and... The reason I stopped driving for Conway was because in the winter, everything I would see was a set of doubles upside down in the damn ditch. So I was like, screw this. I'm sick. I hated doubles. I hated pulling them. And let alone, they, they hardly loaded anything in them damn pups. So you were pulling doubles and you were light on Interstate 80, in the snow, in the winter, in the bad wind. I said, screw it. I agreed with them then. You know. Number one. We've got it coming up right now. Number one. Number one. one, 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 one. <laughs> Such a wacko. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm pulling my Sesame Street out now. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm like imaging. <laughs> All right. So, no, seriously, number one. I, and it surprises me because I don't really see many hills. There's just, drivers are state. just saying, say it. They, they don't want to hear it. They want to know what's going on. Michigan. There you go. Michigan. 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 Mitch Egan. If you look at the way it's spelled, Mitch Egan. You know, it does have that huge lake right there called Lake Michigan. Well, if we're being seriously honest, I'm surprised. Well, you know what? It could be. Let me tell you what it could attribute to. The split speed limit in, in Michigan. I know when I was driving, it was like 55 for trucks and 70 for cars. It was like insanity. But anyways, it says 282 winter driving fatalities. Wow. Michigan is by far the state with the highest number of winter weather-related driving fatalities. Between the time period, there were 282 fatalities in winter weather-related accidents which is 85 more fatalities than the number two highest state. This may seem unsurprising considering the state is known for its harsh winters. However, even when you account for the number of days the temperature drops to freezing or below, Michigan ranks as the second worst state for winter weather driving accidents. That means not only do they have the most deaths, but they have the second most accidents, actually. So it's really bad. I wonder who has the first. Yeah. It said the state's average 37 fatalities per 100 below freezing days each year. So guys and gals, there you have it. Does it say what city by chance in Michigan? It doesn't say which one has the most... But if we're being honest, Michigan sucks. It does. It really does. And all you Michiganians, <laughs> you like that term? <laughs> Michiganians? Yeah. How about just Michigans? <laughs> all you Michigans? Well, I could say Michelins. Michi- <laughs> Michiganians? <laughs> all right. You know, I'm serious. I mean... And I believe that the split, I think, look it up, see, does Michigan still have a split speed limit? I'm well, just curious. all the drivers are probably now answering that question for you well, while I'm looking it up. I haven't been up to Michigan in a while, and the drivers ain't well, sitting Well, the last here. time we were in Michigan was, what, when Sabrina? It was quite a while ago. Graduated boot camp. Yeah, so the bottom line is, I, I we've always said, even the drivers on the CB, we would be talking, and everybody would be like, it's so damn dangerous when you have a split speed limit in each state. And so when you have tractor trailers that are doing 15 under what cars are doing. It's just so unfair. They're so. Does it, does it have it? The eight states that have a speed limit different between cars and trucks are. Go ahead. Let's hear oh, wait. No, that's from 2013. I'm going to go down further. Yeah. 
You know what's really cool? I don't know if anybody ever really realized this, but if you go to tools and click that, when it says anytime, you can actually get, you can change your, your, your settings to where you can get the information in the last 24 hours, the last week, the last month, did, the last I, year. I did not know that. Yeah. So, cause what happens is a lot of times you Google stuff and you find out it's really old, yeah, but I if you hit that. tools, then change the time. I just changed it to the past year. Wow. I'm going to have to do that. It's very, very nice. So did you Google Michigan split speed limit? Mm-hmm. Did they have it? Like you said, they're all probably going, oh, do. Or they changed it. Did they change it or is it still a split? Well, so far, it hasn't told me that. It's told me if I can drive a golf cart. It's told me about electric skateboards. Hmm. Okay. With the variable speed limit engineers can detect congestion. So I guess it still does have variable speed limits mm-hmm. on I-465. Just put down speed for truckers. That way you'll know I'm doing it right now just to see. I'm curious, you know, here on the show, on the pod. Let's see, how fast can a semi-truck go legally? 55. There it is. In, in Michigan, let's see, currently. Oh, California. What the frog? South Carolina has it too. What the frog? So see here what we're having is there's many states that have split speed limits still. I know, but okay. Um, no, it's saying Michigan's 60 now. I'm seeing Michigan at 60. But still, what are their cars? 70? Okay, here we go. Michigan is 60 for trucks. So 70 for cars. It's still a split speed limit. I mean, anytime you have a state, all you governors, seriously, you guys need to get up to par with the rest of the world here and and realize that if your state's data is showing more accidents, it might be because your stupid speed limit split. Anyways, Ruthann, that's I think, a mouthful. I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyways, so guys and gals, the next time you tell a driver, recruiter, or a trucking company, I don't do the Northwest in the winter, but I don't mind going anywhere else. Just know you just picked the five deadliest states. Yeah. In winter driving. Uh-huh. Ruthann. Yes. Do you have the word of the day before we roll out of here? I do. Yeehaw. What do you got? Okay. And it's by Word Genius. Word Genius. And let me tell you, Word Genius is awesome. And I'm getting so much information from them. I feel, I definitely feel smarter. I think you've gotten smarter. I, I, f- I feel I have a smarter wife. You do. You even look smarter. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So this one is really cool. <laughs> I'm just going to tell y'all. What do you got? Ready? Uh-huh. Mop it. Mop it? Mop it. Is it like Not a, Muppet. I was going to say. A it, mop it. Does it have anything to do with Muppets? So mop it. Mop it, boy. Okay, so it's a noun. They think it came from the early 20th century. They think it? Or they yeah, know it just it? is kind of, its origin is unknown in its early 20th century. So they don't know what country it started in, but they know it's early 20th century. All right. So, how do you spell it? M O P P E T. Mop. Et. Pet. Mop. Pet. Mop. Pet. Yeah. Go ahead. A small, endearing, sweet child. Get the frog out. No, I thought it was so funny. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. No way. No, I'm kidding. No. So a small and sweet endearing child. Yeah. Carl is the father of three adorable moppets. So for all you grandparents and all you loving parents, you probably have a bunch of little moppets running around. And that's the thing is you can sit there and tease someone right now saying your kid is such a moppet until they get very irate because they don't know what the meaning is. And then you can look at them like they're stupid and say... A Muppet is a small, endearing child. Yeah, I'm telling you, your two-year-old is a Muppet, not Yeah, because a when you two. think of a Muppet, you're thinking like, it sounds like a more insulting name. <laughs> exactly. A Muppet. I actually have something else I want to say real quick. Go ahead. Okay, so there has been like really a lot of information going out there on how people are categorizing this Generation X and millennials and stuff. And I actually have the answer to that. I hear that. Okay. We, in trucking, we call them steering wheel holders. 
Okay. Sociologists categorize people into many kinds of groups for study, location, race, gender, political affiliation, but age is a great common denominator. A generation is a group of individuals who are born during the same time period, and these people have many influences in common, including the cultural and current events at that time. Sociologists can make generalizations about them due to their similarities resulting in designations such as baby boomers and millennials. This practice is especially common in the United States where generations are classified by agreed upon time periods of around 15 to 20 years from the silent generation in the 20s to the up and coming generation alpha. I didn't even know that existed. Everyone falls into these groups. So we all know the generation for silent is the 20s, baby boomers. Generation X um, was classified for the name of the generation after the baby boomers, generally defined as anyone born between 1965 and 1980. That's Generation X. Your millennials, also called the Generation Y, were born between 81 and 96. The oldest member of this group became adults around 2000. The generation is even more comfortable with technology than the Generation Xers before them and are referred to digital natives for growing up during the rise of the home computers, cell phones, and the internet. This group has been shaped by several key events during the crucial coming-of-age years such as 9-11 and the Great Recession. Generation Z, which is Gen Zers, are nicknamed for succeeding Generation Y, a.k.a. the Millennials. This generation, born between 1997 and 2012, has demonstrated early political and cultural awareness thanks to an always-on technological environment sociologists have noted that this connection to technology has caused shifts in youth's lifestyles and behaviors unlike generations before and the now generation alpha the youngest generation generation alpha is being born right now babies born between 2010 and 2024 will be part of this group alpha has a slight overlap with generation z from 2010 to 2012 which will likely be resolved by sociologists in the years to come. Due to the newness of the generation, other nicknames related to the current events may arise, such as the COVID-19 pandemic, political divides, or technology. But Alpha is currently the most widely accepted. Sociologists coined Generation Alpha as a new positive beginning. Are you done? I think he's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of a crazy statement, but we're going to just leave it at that. I don't have no comments at all. I will say, though, when I said we call them steering wheel holders, I shouldn't say it because not every young person is a steering wheel holder. Some of them are very good drivers, and I wouldn't want to insult every single one of them. Just the ones that honestly don't have CBs and uh, seriously drive down the road with their damn feet up on the dash. Anyways, other than that, Ruthann, I think we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.